0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here and just wanted, before I start the show, or officially start the show, just wanted to apologize for some of the audio during this episode. Uh, Someone's audio, wherever, somebody's audio, I'm not going to point any fingers, was uh, giving us a bit of an echo um, with what they were recording on this week. So, that being said... There are some parts where you will hear an echo, and there's actually a part of the show that I'm actually cutting out because the echo was way too distracting, um, part of my description of one of the matches. So if you hear a jump, that's what that is. Just wanted to let you know. The audio this week, not that good. But it's still a great episode of the show. We're discussing um, the January 30th episode of ECW from 1996. And I also want to remind you before the show starts, if you want to hear the unedited audio of each and every show for $5 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme. Other bonus content there, plus uh, we do have a tier at 15 a month where you get everything that we offer, plus you get to be a periodical co-host at some point on the show. So if any of that interests you, please check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/backslash/relivingtheextreme, and you can also check the show out now on YouTube. If you like to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, you can go to the WNR Podcast Network page on YouTube. I am posting the shows there now as well, and uh, just actually, I think if you look up, if you just search "reliving the extreme" on YouTube, it should come up at this point. But if not, like I said, go to WNR Podcast Network on YouTube and while you're there subscribe we appreciate your support that being said all of that being said now let's get into the latest episode of reliving the extreme January 30th 1996 episode of ECW TV enjoy right, well this week on re- re- yeah, yeah this this week on reliving the extreme we are discussing the episode of ECW from January the 30th 1996 date max and your host here with you along with my brother Aaron hello everybody and Mr. Slim Pickens, Chad Austin. What's Slim Pickens? <laughs> hey, you picked it, Pickens. <laughs> well, I have what's going on. It's Fred Zine. We skipped a few weeks of the ECW TV show because um, the matches that were featured on about two weeks of the show were from the uh, the house party show that we watched and reviewed last week. Or the week before, I forget. It doesn't matter. But we so we'd already seen the shit, so we skipped a couple of weeks, and we we got ourselves into an ECW arena taping. And there is a lot going on on this episode of ECW. There's a it's, lot
1: going on, but
0: there's nothing going on. It's, it's right, dude, Aaron, Aaron. You just you just throw words out of my
2: mouth. There's a lot going on, but what actually happened? It, it, you know, I mean, they call that a smaz. All that's a smaz. I mean, Mr. Just, Hughes was involved.
0: <laughs> Seriously. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, they show us... Uh, they sh- they start the show off by showing us footage from last week with Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas forming an alliance because they neither one of them like Cactus Jack and the whole Raven thing being involved. And Shane Douglas just came back, like, what, a week ago or two weeks ago, and he's already back in the main event mix again. Um... And they do a little they do a little apologizing for him. I like how they do that. They're like when he leaves to go to the WWF, they're like, goddamn no good, lousy traitor. All of a sudden he sucks. And now that he's back, they're like, well he got a little injured, so he had to go wrestle somewhere where he, he didn't have to wrestle as extreme, but he's back to hundred percent now. And we like Shane Douglas again. <laughs> I mean, now at this
2: point, like um, I would say like three or four weeks ago, I had a problem with it. Now I don't. You know, because mm-hmm. Shane's now Shane now he adopted it and he's taking it to run with it, going, Well, nobody else was. You know, I was the guy that went. Now I'm back. All right. Yeah, I mean, I went to the I went to the big Fed and I was a uh, you know, I was a small fish in the big pond, let's be honest. But uh but you know, now that I'm back, I'm back in ECW. And, and and it was almost it I mean, and this is one of the kind of cases where it almost didn't miss a beat. You know, because mm-hmm. you almost didn't know he was gone. What what was it is
0: it five months, six months he was gone? Yeah, yeah, it was from He debuted in the WWF in August, and we're in January, and he's already back, so yeah. Yeah,
2: because, you know, the
0: the Raven-Dreamer feud, um, during that time, they had
2: the, the Mexicans come. You know what I mean? Like, there was no, like, nobody missed Shane then
1: until he came out. And, I mean, it's like the way he did it was great because he could he could come back and be like they they shit on me they fucked me over you know what i mean it's not like he went there and he was Shane Douglas and it failed so he can use that in his um in his defense like it's like it's not Shane Douglas didn't go to the WWF and not succeed they made me Dean Douglas and that's what sucked you know it wasn't me it was the character they gave me you know what I, like, Everybody saw that. Not not, not saying it's 100 percent correct, but that's the way he can sell it. Is I didn't get over in the WWF because the WWF didn't know how good I was. So it's now you're like saying
0: so now, so now you're saying since Tommy and Shane are now a tag team, we can call them the put upons. Yes. Put upon Tommy and put upon Shane the put upon. Put upon Shane.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how it goes, buddy. <laughs> the
0: pudding cups. Joey intros the show and shows us footage from the ECW arena. This event that we are the TV tapings taking place in front of. And it's he shows footage of Heck Myers versus Mr. Hughes with Damian Kane as Mr. in Mr. Hughes Corner. All right. Do you do you do you know Damian Kane, Chad? Did you ever work with Damian Kane? Yeah, I worked with Damian Kane a whole lot of times. And I I, I may or may not have asked you this before, but every time I see him, I probably have asked, but every time, like he's so sporadic. Every time I see him, I'm like, I wonder if Chad worked with that guy. No, it's not that I worked with him, it's the fact
2: that he had he had the promoter's license in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And if it wasn't like at this time, Paul and Todd had split up. So Paul needed somebody that had a promoter's license in Pennsylvania to run spot shows. And Damien had his own little company, which I worked for Damien before, during, and after ECW. That he had a license in Pennsylvania because, you know, they, they weren't giving anymore. It was grandfather, You know, it was stupid the way that, the way that it worked. And Damien had them had the promoter's had the license so Paul used him so he could use his license for spot shows
0: okay gotcha
2: and that, that, that's not even a new thing like it's not even like anything that was new in the business like Lawler did it 30 years ago
0: well what Vince McMahon Sr. did it with what that uh, Phil Zacco guy or whatever because didn't he have the license in Pennsylvania for that Vince McMahon Sr. used I think it was yeah. Zarko.
1: I just watched a raw. I was, I, I'm chronologically watching raw, and I've gotten a '98. And Cornette is um, bringing the like he's in the like they're ending that NWA invasion angle they tried to do. And he's bitching about how WWF is screwing the NWA, and he's going to contact his lawyers. And the lawyers are Zacchau, Sandow, and Pfeiffer. <laughs>
2: Well, it's funny. <laughs> I
1: was like, yeah, I get that. That's funny shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, at least, at least, you know, it's somebody that's been in the fucking office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, fuck him, fuck him, and fuck him. You know, what I mean, it's a cornet, dude. What are you gonna do? Do we cheat him and how? That's that's Paul. That's Lee's Paul lawyers.
1: <laughs> then we oh, okay. get started. more about da- Real quick Damien mm-hmm. Kane was he a An okay guy to Deal with or was he a douche
2: No I, I always thought he was okay Because I mean If he was if he was using if we were Using bad crew his Guys On our show then He would use us like Our guys on his show and It would be the same thing like um Like, it would be me and Dino, you know, um, or one of the other top guys that we were trying to push, just trying to get some reps, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, me and Dino didn't need reps, we just wanted to work, but, yeah, but he would use other guys for reps, so yeah, it, it, it 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 was a working relationship, it was fine, like, I mean, not that I knew anything about it whatsoever, but, you know, I've been in the business fucking 30, 33 years, so... Yeah, I knew what was going
0: on. It was fun. It was cool for us cuz me and Dino worked. The next thing we see here is Stevie and the Blue Meanie talking about how they're now the fabulous ones and they do the fabulous one, the fabulous Jackie Fargo strut.
1: It's
2: embarrassing.
0: It's stupid.
2: I thought it was embarrassing. I don't and like it was Stevie. Just the
1: it's the emphasis of what they're about to do. They're gonna start doing different shit and they're gonna do some funny stuff down the line. They're it's like the first thing of them impersonating other gimmicks and Raven giving them the shitty silly gimmicks to
0: mimic. I, obviously, I don't know him as a person, so he could be a pretty he could be an awesome swell guy. But I just don't, and I, I like Blue Meanie. But I don't know why. And I know you were you were a fan, a bit of a fan of a I don't know why Stevie Richards just rubs me the wrong way. I've never enjoyed watching Stevie. Because he fucking I don't I don't, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I'll don't tell really you why. why. It fucking stinks, dude.
2: He was the wrong guy for that fucking angle. Like it, it should have been me. It should have been me a long time ago. It should have been me. Not Stevie. Stevie stinks. He he doesn't even know about the fucking fabulous ones. Somebody probably would have had to show him tapes of that, that shit. I knew it before Raven did. All right. Well, where do you think fucking Raven got a tape from?
0: Like of course. Um, I could have done that. I should have been that guy. You know that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon game? There should be a seven degrees of Chad Austin game. Just name anybody in wrestling and you can get back to him in seven moves to Chad Austin, like the Kevin Bacon thing. Well, I mean, it
2: it did it didn't piss me off at the time, honestly, because I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't keeping a track of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But then now I watched the show and I'm like, they're all doing my fucking shit. It's all shit that I told fucking Scotty. It's all shit that I told, you know what I mean? What the fuck? You're all doing my shit. I taught, like, like, like Scotty, like, Stevie didn't even know what the fucking fucker's threat was. Like, if you watch the fucking video, you see they don't know how you do it. Yeah. They're fucking lame. They're fags.
0: <laughs> the next thing we see here is a clip of Scorpio beating Por- El Puerto uh, Ricanio. Uh, then we get a best Cactus thing on Jack- the show: <laughs> Cactus Jack promo, alluding to he's starting his his starting his pro WWF
1: shtick here, kind of officially this week. Yeah, because he's out, they and they know it. Well, didn't you miss the
0: Dudleys though? No, they're coming. No, they're 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 coming up still. Then we have footage, well, quick footage of the end of the headhunters beating the bad
1: crew. The headhunters are back. I mean, that's like no, that's the one bad. thing you can say about that's the one thing can say about Paul is um at least he knew that his crowd wasn't dumb. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, they know you're out. You know what I mean? So let's just lean into it. You know what I mean, like yeah. I'm gonna talk about that in a little, like more about that in a little bit. But it's like don't shy away from it because if you shy away from it, it's gonna be even worse. You know, so it's like yeah, everybody knows Mick's leaving, so let's just use it to our fucking advantage while he's here. You know, it's it's actually pretty smart.
2: Yeah, don't acknowledge
0: it. And getting someone to getting someone like Mick to act pro WWF absolutely also leans into Paulie's, you know, us versus them cult mentality that he got his wrestlers and his fans to get into. So yeah, you're right, Aaron. I mean, it's just, it's all, that's, this is
1: Paul Paulie to a T. Like if that Cactus Jack character, Mick Foley or whatever, would either not brought it up or tried to um, go against and um, how do I say it? Like placate the fans. Like I love the ECW. It's the greatest place I've ever been. And they know he's leaving. They're gonna be like, "Fuck you! You're lying." You know. So it's better to have him just be like, "Yeah, I'm going. I'm out. See you later, alligator." You know what I mean? It, it, it's yeah. it's super smart, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it, it. It
2: was good. I mean, like Jack knows what he's doing. Like, but Jack don't know what he's doing for the company's sake. He's only really know what what he's doing for his own personal sake, right? Hey, he's a ten ninety nine, buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. not he's not putting the company on his back. He's going all right. If I can do this promo to benefit me, you know. Yep, absolutely. That'll work. But uh, I mean, there's no chance I can put the company on my back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go on CSNBC you know, and put, you
1: know, you know, whatever. Fuck no, I ain't doing any of that shit. I mean, I like the fact that he sold it. I like the fact that he sold it in the feud with Shane about, like, saying, like, you didn't make, like, because Shane came back and was like, you know, WWF sucks and it's bad and everything. He's like, he sold it as you might have went there and failed, but I'm going to go there and be successful. Right, right. Yeah, man, it's not my fault, right? I love the fact that he was like, in a couple weeks, you're gonna see me on Monday Night Raw putting a wrist lock on Mabel.
2: Yeah,
1: Mabel. <laughs> he, picked, he picked the one guy that he knew that entire crowd would fucking hate. Everybody knew everybody knew that name
0: when he said Mabel. <laughs> yeah, put I mean a wrist
2: lock on Mabel.
0: Mabel, Mabel would have so much heat with that crowd because literally they put the king of the ring. Title on Mabel in Philadelphia in 1995. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing:
2: Mabel's a fucking. Mabel was a cool motherfucker, and he had a hot ass wife. Don't (laughs) ask me how. I'm not even going to
0: fucking speculate how he got. You know, what's what's another thing you got to give him is for whatever reason. From 1993 until almost till he died, that was a guy that they, they constantly found something for him in that company in the WWF. You know what I mean? They were like, well, Mabel ain't working out, so you're going to be Viscera. Viscera ain't working out, so you're going to be the 500-pound love machine. Well, that's not working out. You're going to be Big Daddy V. They always found something for that motherfucker.
2: Yeah, and he always found the check in his mailbox every Tuesday. Yeah,
1: because he was—he was, he was right. smart enough to not be. He was smart enough to not say no.
2: Nope. Yeah, I don't, I I don't give that. a fuck what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Chad Austin Ford. I'll be whatever the fuck you want, dude. But I don't give a fuck. I mean, as long as I walk out to that mailbox. Pay me, like, I, I I knew him. I knew him from Memphis, from like '90s. Was it ninety five?
0: Is that when he started in WWE? No, he started in WWE in ninety three. I know, but, but he, but, 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 but they had that working relationship with the USWA, so you probably did see him in ninety five down there.
2: Yeah, we we crossed paths a couple of times, like down in Memphis, and like at, at that time, yeah, I mean, I I, have, I always hated how like like when the superstars guys. Like, they would change in a different locker room. I've always hated that. Like, I never I understood it. I never got it, you know? And mm-hmm. Mabel, I walked into Mabel's locker room, and he's like, oh, this is my locker room. I go, well, I don't give a fuck. This is a big-ass locker room. But <laughs> well, I'm I mean, a big-ass man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get the big-ass <laughs> locker room. And he goes, oh, all right. <laughs> And then we started talking, I'm like, well, how long, you know, I I told him, I told him who, I told him I knew who he was, and he didn't know who I was, and then we just ended up starting up talking, you know, because I'm like, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a dick, and you're not chasing me out of a locker room, you know what I mean, because of space, you know, and he had respect for me. Dude, I ain't fucking doing that shit. Fuck that. Over there, there's fucking... 27 guys getting dressed over there. I'm getting dressed over here. I don't give a fuck if you're a Mabel who can't put any fucking food on the table. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, that, that was our relationship. Like he didn't like me, but at the end of the night, he liked me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I took him out. So that's the end of that story. I took him out.
0: The next thing that we get here starts a sequence of. What a fucking what a fucking chain of events and segment this is. What's supposed to be happening, and and, and follow along with me, folks. What's supposed to be happening is it's supposed to be the Pitbulls versus the Gangsters. Yeah, fuck that. A, a no disqualification match. But for some reason, Stevie Richards comes out. Well, obviously not for some reason. It's because Francine's his quote-unquote ex-girlfriend. There's shit with marshmallow fluff. He asks her if she's pregnant, and then uh, the Eliminators come to the ring, and this is all during what is supposed to be, all of this happens, and it is, the match is going on between the Gangsters and the Pitbulls. Don't forget, Nate, this is all on TV.
2: It's all, this is all formatted for TV, right? Yeah. All right, so yeah. And then, and then the way I wrote it down was at, at some point I just gave up writing it down.
0: Oh, I I'm not writing it down.
2: down. I, I, fig- I said, I wrote, I, literally, I wrote, Nate will
0: figure it out. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. before I start going through it, Aaron, do you have anything to say here at the beginning?
1: I have, I, I watched this and I had no idea what I watched. Like, I, I didn't know. What so let me just.
0: Let me just run this down for the listeners. So this is a match, remember folks, this is the Gangsters versus the Pitbulls and a no disqualification match. During Supposedly. that match, during that match 911 comes out and choke slams everybody. Then Todd Gordon and Fonzie come out and they're, Fonzie, fighting. Um, they're fighting. Taz comes out. F- everybody F- else F- now is F- back F- in F- the F- ring. F- F- Gangsters F- and Pitbulls F- is, F- 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 is officially going on. Um, Paz puts nine one one in a chokehold. Nine one one breaks out of the chokehold. Damn, like, like these guys said. I don't. It, I mean, I took I took notes just because I was like, I don't, I'm going to do my best. I probably missed something, but yeah, all of that happened while the gangsters and the pit bulls were supposed to be having a no disqualification match.
1: This was My biggest doubt no was why? What? Why was Axel Rotten there?
2: Well, he, he was there to start it all off. I guess he was there to
1: sing the national anthem. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what do you think, Aaron? Well, I mean, like, part of me was like, okay, I can understand that all these tag teams are having this issue, and then it's like Axel Rotten shows up for no fucking reason. I'm like, what the fuck is going on?
2: No, there's never like the no, there's that- never no reason. Like Axel was the guy. Was like, all right, everybody respects Axel, so he's the one that stepped in and all of a sudden said whatever he said, and they beat him all up. And then all of a sudden the fight started. And then where was Axel? Fight started. Axel was smart enough to roll the fuck out and get the fuck out of there.
1: I did like the fact at the beginning of it when all the fucking shit was going down at first, the gangsters just stood in the corner because they were like, this has nothing to do with us. Oh uh, sitting on the we'll buckles. Just, we'll just bide our time here. But yeah, it was a big clusterfuck and it was just I, like I said, I was watching it and I'm like I don't I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm watching.
2: Well, I mean, I mean it's it's a big fucking it's a big smaz, man. I mean, I don't know
0: what to tell you. It it, it is what it is. I can tell you one thing. Going through all the happenings of that match, running it down the way I did, I realized I need to quit smoking. (laughs) Why? By the time I was done describing this shit, I was out of
1: breath.
2: Yeah, I guess so, man. (laughs) Like, I mean, everybody's running fucking... Oh, my God, this guy. This guy. This guy. This guy. And now you got a whole room a room full of guys in the
0: ring. And then uh, now it's a whole different match. <laughs> and the ECW, the ECW crowd ate it up. And that's the, that's at the end of the day, that's what mattered as a TV viewer. I have an I have a nit to pick in a little bit about this, but um, overall, like I said, I thought this was, it, I mean, there was a lot of action. There was a lot going on and the EC, the live arena crowd really, really ate it up, but it was just very confusing to watch on television. Dude, that's the shit the Philly crowd loves, dude.
2: They love they love shit that they don't think it was planned. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they've always loved that. And then when you send two guys out, and then all of a sudden two other guys run out. They're like, oh, this wasn't planned. They love
0: that shit, dude. That's 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 why all this works. Anything else in that segment, Aaron?
1: No. Because like I said, <laughs> no. I don't have a lot of notes on it because I just gave up. Like <laughs> Everybody's involved with everybody and choke slams and fucking Fonzie. And it's like, what the fuck is happening?
2: Yep, pretty much.
0: Then we quickly get a shot of uh, Lance Wright, who looks like... His, his hair looks like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And then we move into... Here's where the Dudleys show up. It's the Dudleys, and they're supposed to be having a tag team match with J.T. Smith and Axel Rotten. And J.T. Smith is starting his Italian
1: shtick here. It's like, hey, how can we make J.T. more unintelligible? Oh, I know. Let's have him pretend to have an Italian accent. It's like I have no fucking idea what this guy's saying. I well, thought it was confusing before. That—that
2: that was, that was the whole worse. idea. Because I was the first person that was that he tried to get into the FBI, and the whole entire gimmick was for him that he couldn't even pronounce any of it. That he tried to get me into the FBI. I mean, didn't we already go over this, or it not aired? Has it not aired yet? Or was it a fucking house show that JT tried to get me on an FBI, and I go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, and, you know? Yeah, no, we haven't seen
0: that. So, Whether oh, that's it what was it was, he, was. Either on a Until house show, or maybe a, on a later TV TV state or a TV, a no, later TV show. But yeah, he's. Uh, He's, do, he's trying to do the Italian thing and Axel, said, because essentially the the crowd's chanting what's your name to Bubba. JT keeps doing the Italian thing. Axel gets in his face and says, let him say his name so we can have our match, pretty much.
2: <laughs> yeah, Axel got a raw deal on these W-man. He could have been over. He really could have
1: been over. Uh, in Todd's book, He wrote that he thought that it would be um, instant heat with the crowd, having a black guy trying to do like the Italian-American thing. And and it kind of went reverse because he said the crowd, like the live crowd was actually, (sighs) even though they booed it, they were booing it because they were like, you know, participating. But they were super into JT doing the, the FBI thing. He's like, I thought it would get nuclear heat. And he's like, it wasn't. It was like. These people are like, this is fucking awesome. I I, I, thought, it was, I, I, I like... thought it was lame.
2: Honestly, I thought it was lame, and I thought the heat that he got was lame. That that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say I I don't I don't I don't like JT in the gimmick. Now once Tracy
1: Smothers and Tommy Rich step into the gimmick, that's oh Tracy Smothers. Story. That's entertaining as fuck. <laughs> Tracy Smothers gangbusters, man! That fucking <laughs> dance. <laughs> Holy shit. It's fucking great.
2: I agree, but but we're talking about, we're talking about this fucking, this formation of it.
1: I know, but I love when Tracy would hump the crowd.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You got problems, Aaron.
1: (laughs) Well, meet and greet wise, and, and I know meet and greets are whatever, but... That's the funnest dude I ever met at a meet and greet was fucking Tracy's mother's. He was fucking fun as fuck. That dude was great.
2: I'm glad you're a big fan of Tracy's mother's.
1: And I'm I glad like I got Lord, to watch I, him. I like
2: Lord of Humongous.
0: <laughs>
2: big fan of him.
0: It's the mask.
2: Yeah, I don't even know who it is. <laughs>
0: Well, Axel, like I said, Axel gets in uh, JT's face and says, let the guy say his name so we can have the match. Then JT winds winds up decking Axel. Bubba quickly hits a Bubba bomb on JT and pins him. And then Axel and JT are in the ring, and Axel or JT gives Axel a low blow. And that's that.
2: Well, that's ECW, man. You know, it's funny you said that, like, and that's that. Well, why did team with the guy? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna fucking double cross him if he loses. Um, but you know that that to me is wrestling because I always wonder why a guy like Rick McGraw would team up with Steve King. You know what I mean? <laughs> or you know a guy like Tito Santana would team up with Jose Luis Rivera, knowing that that guy's gonna get pinned. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same philosophy. It's it's um yeah it's it's
0: the way wrestling business works. It's like when they had uh, it would be like on a random superstars would be like Bad News Brown teaming with the Brooklyn Brawler. Right. What the fuck are you teaming with the Brooklyn Brawler for? You know he's gonna get pinned. <laughs> of course. I mean. I mean. Yeah. I mean.
2: But that 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 let him do an angle. Right.
0: Yeah, like a one-week thing or something like that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, but there's certain guys that it didn't lead into an angle with. So, I mean, that's the same reason why Stoney Stetson was a bigger name than me, teaming with me, or Hot Body at the time, was teaming with me. You know, like, they didn't like it. They they, they didn't think I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing teaming with me? You know? But Mm -hmm. it's on a much better level, you know, when you're talking about WWE, about, you know, bad news, bad news brown teaming with fucking you know I don't know pick a fucking name
0: well the uh, the next thing here is the knit that I have to pick with ECw and I get it I get it sometimes you show highlights of something that is great because you want people to come to the arena so I understand the purpose of this but as a TV viewer, I would other than that big mess that we watched with the pit bulls and all that fucking shenanigans, I would have much rather watched this Sabu versus RVD match. And we only got like 2 minutes of it cut up.
2: Well, I mean, what what does that tell you?
0: I mean, it tells me in 1996 they were trying to get me to come to the arena to watch it live. But as a TV viewer today, I'm like, boo, I want to watch this instead of that fucking mess I just watched 15 minutes of 10 minutes ago.
1: Um my thing is like when I watched it, like you guys, like you guys did or whatever, clip wise, they don't they they don't show you the finish, like they, they show you Sabu doing that fucking insane moonsault through the table into the crowd or whatever. Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure Sabu probably beat Rob Van Dam. I think he didn't want to put that on TV because I don't. I think he probably didn't know, he being Paul, probably didn't know what he had in Rob when he signed him and then watched the guy and was like, oh, fuck. I don't want, like, the first time you see Sabu versus Rob, Rob loses. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's just show him what these guys can do together but we finish. Well, I kind of agree. That make
2: if that makes sense. I kind of agree because I do know what Rob think what, what Paul thought that he had in Rob. I just didn't think Paul knew that. Wow, you're going to do all that? Okay. That's fucking great. Like, you know, 550 whatever it cost him, you know, bought the airfare. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, buddy.
1: Have fun, I I just think, I, I just think, like I said, I, I don't think second match on TV that he wanted to show Rob getting beat, even though it was my Sabu who's like the Undertaker of, of course ECW. He didn't. I that that's what I think. But I mean, that saw, I, I that fucking that, table it, that crowd.
2: I saw it the same way you did, Aaron. I said, oh well, we, you didn't see Rob get beat. So did Rob really lose that match? You know, oh, yeah, you never saw him get beat I, I thought that was that was best for business for Rob, yeah, of course it was Paul didn't know what fucking Rob Van Dam was going to be. you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean he's probably one of the guys that I probably gave Paul tapes to. I mean, I we can do a whole other show on fucking guys that I gave Paul uh, Sabu probably did it, but like Jericho was the guy that I gave tapes to that Paul didn't know, and I gave tapes I, I gave tapes to of, of Paul to everybody: Rob Amdam, Scotty Flamingo. You know, I, I gave tapes to Paul for everybody, and it's not saying that Paul wasn't original enough to figure out you know characters for anybody. It was that, like, I gave him tapes, like, you don't know what this guy's doing somewhere else, you know? <laughs> so how are you going to figure out how to use him? And I, I'll i go to my grave. I'll go to my grave saying that, that, you know, that I gave Paul. Like, Chris Jericho, to, to this day, fucking thanks me for giving me his job at, at ECW. Like, me me and Jericho are buddies now. At least every time it comes to Baltimore.
0: The next match on this show is Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck, the ECW Tag Team Champions against Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer. And essentially the story of this match is that Mikey's pretty much a victim of circumstance in this whole scenario because Douglas – And Dreamer both have an issue with Cactus Jack. Mikey doesn't even want to be teaming with Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack pretty much just said, I'm your tag championship partner, and here we go. And
1: poor Mikey's just in the middle of all this. I actually like the story of the match because Tommy and Shane are like, we don't want to hurt the kid. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to fuck him up, but we'll fuck Cactus up when we get the chance. Mikey doesn't want to be there, but Mikey is no longer i don't want to say like i don't want to say no longer but he's starting to mature as a wrestler like before he would want to give the belts back you know what i mean like i don't want this now it's, i'm getting beat up this sucks but he's getting success so now he wants to keep the championship and it, it, it it's like a layered story in a match um I just I, I enjoyed the match. I don't have a lot of notes on it, just because I like watching it. I I thought it was funny at the beginning before mm-hmm. the match starts. The ECW crowd was singing "Hit the Road, Jack" to Cactus, and was that for you or like, Cactus? Not to me. They were singing it to cactus, and I, I like the fact that they were singing hit the road jack and don't you come back no more. And Mikey just kind of looked at cactus and was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. They they don't like you. Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But other than that, it was just a ECW walking brawl.
2: Pretty much, man. I can't I can't I can't I can't
1: argue with that one, man.
2: Yeah. yeah. It was pretty much what it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a set there's a there's a uh spot in there where Mikey DT Mikey DDTs Tommy Dreamer on a Nintendo and then Raven comes out. Of Good course Lord. You, can't, in, you can't you can't have to, that happen. Cast has to get involved because we've got to have we got ever on every episode of ECW, Tommy Dreamer and Raven have to be in the ring together at some point, right?
2: At least for a year, it's man.
1: It's the most interesting thing going on. For you.
0: <laughs> Tommy Dreamer hits a DDT on Shane Douglas. Cactus Jack goes for a pin, but Douglas kicks out. Shane Douglas with a chair in the ring. Cactus puts Shane into the chair with a drop toe hold for the pin. And cactus and Mikey retain the titles.
2: As it should have been. It didn't hurt Raven. Raven. You know, it, it didn't hurt any of his flock. It, did, it didn't hurt any of that nonsense. It was like, oh my God, Mikey got a quick one, two, three. He got a quick one, two, three. So you move on and then you push Mikey aside and you still deal with, you still had the mankind or or whatever, Cactus Jack, whatever his name is here in ECW. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Shane Douglas cuts a promo, Cactus Jack, which, oh man. He
2: is. They, they, is that is that where he walks to the locker room and just walks through the locker room?
0: This no, this one no, this one was he was he was in front of, of a backdrop, cutting the promo on on um, Cactus. But one thing I noted when I was writing the notes here was Shane Douglas, and this is I mean this is you know we all age; it's no big deal. Shane Douglas is crazy because at this you look at him at this point and he still looks he still looks young and healthy in about two years or three years when he goes to WCW he looks terrible he looks like fat Elvis horribly out of shape and everything and if you see him today he looks better than he did in this promo so it's just kind of crazy how how that works but I I just don't want to know what Walmart that he managed. Maybe that was it. Maybe getting out of wrestling and into retail actually helped somebody.
1: <laughs> I mean, I want he, he, he got some health insurance. <laughs> I'm Shane Douglas, 1634.
2: Don't <laughs> fuck with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> after this, after the Douglas promo on Cactus Jack, Joey Styles kind of uh gives us a a synopsis of the heat the tension that's going on with Samman and Woman obviously cuz Woman's about to make her way to WCW um and then the the match that we have is Sandman versus Raven for the ECW title Raven now has Kimona Winaleya in his corner
2: what was all, what, what was all that about I'm glad I wasn't there when Camarna was there. Because I was single then. <laughs> and I like think she was 17. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, if you're in ECW arena and you're getting in that ring, you're just fucking old enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. All fucking, all laws go out of the fucking window. The oh, fucking window. Well, the Sandman, Raven Sandman for, the for the ECW title, and, and um, title. let me get my notes together here. Get my thoughts together. All right, because there's always so much going on in these fucking matches. It's hard to take notes. All right. I put lots of shenanigans. Dreamer comes in, Cactus comes in, DDT Sandman. Cactus and Dreamer fight. Cactus misses a leg drop. DDT on the chair. Raven is champ. So, Sandman loses the ECW championship to Raven. Aaron I anything ran. else? Yeah, everybody everybody gets to run in. Fucking me me and, um, this is me and Donnie
2: Allen in the back arguing with each other. Like who's going to run in next? Me or you, Donnie, and Donnie would said, "No, it's all, it's all you." Here's my tape of my music.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, uh, everybody ran in. The story they were trying to tell, and Joey did a good job in commentary, was the fact that Sandman was um, um, distracted by the fact that what like they told it in a good way because they were like they technically didn't say woman was leaving ecw they said she was just wanting to expand her good uh, point faction or whatever and was gonna branch out to wcw and where i was saying like i think paulie knew what these other companies were thinking Obviously also because Kevin was Booking WCW Like they specifically Mentioned that woman is gonna go To WCW they didn't say WCW But they said she's gonna go and Manage Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage And The (laughs) first thing she did when she got to WCW Was manage Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage You know what I mean so he, He knew what he was Doing and he was smart in that Aspect and um i think that it was a it was it was a good way to get the belt off of sandman and put it on raven and i, I didn't mind it I, I i thought it was a good little angle to get her out of the get her out of the company and they didn't disrespect her or anything like that and i just enjoyed it
2: yeah i agree man i i think what you said was totally accurate and i have no yeah I, 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 that's exactly what happened because she can go anywhere w- woman can do anything All right. yep i mean she's not i mean no company's not going to hire a woman whether kevin's there
1: or not and like i said i i know a lot of times sometimes in ecw they'd shit on guys or whatever and they were leaving but I was just glad they kind of treated her properly with it. I agree. Yeah, that's respectful. And, and I, yeah, I,
0: I, even even, even in the even in the in the angle that we see at the end of the show or the segment we see at the end of the show. Um like you said, Aaron, they don't bury her in any way. She's just being a heel, you know. She says you she essentially says, you know, essentially says to Sam Man, you can come to WCW with me. And you know he's he goes off on you know he's the icon of ECW or not icon but you know what I mean he's ECW all the way and then Scorpio comes out and they play up a little thing with with Scorpio with woman tempting him to maybe go to side with her and go to WCW of course Scorpio chooses the Sandman instead what an idiot and then he uh, he uh, he takes woman out of the ECW arena to end the show but I thought Scorpio
1: you're an idiot <laughs> from care from a character standpoint i also like the yeah. fact that hindsight being 2020 he's like i'm ecw i'm gonna stick with this guy and in like five months he's dancing with like the funkettes and doing yeah,
2: his it's fun. thing yeah. <laughs> wow so much hatred for for two quote scorpio any really
1: hatred for two cold scorpio in five months he's dancing with the funk why didn't I enjoyed that? I'm just saying it's it's funny just looking back on it. He didn't know that was gonna happen, and and from everything, like I said, reading Todd's right? book and but they're, they're like, and also, oh sorry, I was
0: just gonna say there's so many instances in in ECW of how many people are like, I am. The, it, you know, I am i ECW through and through. I am. I'll stick with this company to the very bitter end. Oh, until Monday, I'm in the, I am in the WWF, baby. <laughs>
1: yeah, Monday. plane ticket. My plane tickets are paid for. <laughs> I don't have to fly. I don't have to fly on a bereavement ticket anymore. This is great. <laughs>
2: Like, when Tommy, when Tommy Dreamer had too many numbers on his credit card thing. That, and That's a classic ECW. When Tommy called Paul, I think, I think it was like four of us. Maybe five, six of us at the airport. And Paulie, and Tommy called Paulie. And Paulie read off the fucking number, like for the airline tickets. And Dreamer had the airline ticket written down. And Paulie had like four other numbers that weren't on that ticket. Like, you know, That's he read time. the numbers off, and, and Paul and Jimmy goes, "Okay, oh." And then we all
0: stood up. Like, what do you mean? Well, he didn't order any tickets. Do you ever? Do you ever? Did you watch the? Uh, did you watch the show Roseanne back in the day, Chad? I've seen it. Well, I was just thinking, because Pauly, I bet Pauly played the Roseanne and Dan Conner trick. They have a trick that it's it's just a funny thing to me. And, like, they, when they're paying their bills, if they don't have the money that month, they they say they accidentally send the, the electric bill to the phone company and accidentally send the phone bill to the electric company so that everybody's got to send everything back to everybody else. So And by the
1: time the check's clear, they have the money in the bank.
0: Well, it that's what like I'm good. going
1: through right now, man. <laughs> Like in Todd, I I, I know he bringing up Todd's book, but Gordon talks about in his book like when checks would go or Paul had to put something in the mail to send it, he'd be like, "Oh, here's the tracking number," and and Todd said he would watch Paul give these people tracking numbers, and there'd be like five extra numbers on the tracking number.
2: That, that's what I said,
1: and, and yeah, and then Todd said. Like once him and Paul's relationship started deteriorating, Paul was supposed to send videos to this network that was going to pick up e c w and Todd said he showed up, and there were no there was no video to show these people. and Todd called him and said, "Paul, you didn't send the video And like Paul tried to play the trick on him, and Todd was like, "I know you're fucking tracking number." Hijinks like what the fuck are you do it Like you're trying to pull this shit on me and I've seen you Do it to five other people Or Shane Douglas saying like he'd get a Plane ticket and go to the Fucking ticket booth and They'd be like oh hello mr Mr. Martin we're sorry about the loss Of your sister and he'd just be like Excuse me like, And they were like giving him like a bereavement ticket And he was like oh yeah yeah my sister I'm so sad <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Hey welcome to ECW Buddy <laughs>
2: That's ECW. All right, are we wrapping
0: this up? We are indeed. I was just gonna say, overall, your general opinions of this episode, guys. I thought it was good. I, I give it, I, I give it a B,
2: a B minus, solid. I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying watching
1: it. I'd give it similar. I think it was a good chaotic show, and that's what ECW is supposed to be. It's supposed to be chaotic. And- That's what it was. Indeedly doodly. Well,
0: that being said, we are going to sign off. We want to thank everybody for joining us here on Reliving the Extreme. And we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great week.
2: Thanks, guys.